say this, but uh, y'all sounded good tonight. Um, I feel like we're getting somewhere. Just want you to know that. Uh, <laughs> I, you know, I, when I when I sit and I think about you guys and I think about our student ministry and kind of the trajectory that I want you to be on and and how I, at this point in the year I, I want you kind of thinking this way and, and believing this way and, and living this way. Uh, that's what I mean. I, I think we're actually getting it. I think you're getting somewhere. Um, I feel life change, uh, which. I'm excited about. Um, so tonight's going to be an interesting night uh, for you as you try to keep up with me in your Bible because we're going to use a lot of it. Um, so you just better stretch your fingers out and your thumbs or whatever you're going to do and uh, keep up. So we're going to be all over the place. First place we're going to be is going to end up probably being like First Timothy 6 if you want to start looking for that. Um, I, I am pretty competitive just as a, like a trait inside me. I do not like losing. Losing makes me angry and I stay that way like for the rest of the night. That's why I don't play games with y'all because if I lose and like Ryan Majors pokes me with the finger, I'm going to be angry. I'm just not going to preach because I'm going to be too mad. Um, I, I just, I just, I don't like losing, but I, I love competition. I, I just say there's something about the struggle, something about being in um, a, 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 a battle, a fight, it just, it just does something to you. It just makes you feel alive for a minute. You know what I'm saying? That's, that's part of why I like football so much. I'm not even there, but I get to yell at the TVs and get like super stressed out. I was in the car the other day listening to, uh, listening to a, a Mississippi State game with Alan Landreth. We're just driving in dead silence. We're freaking out inside, right? I mean, I, was, I, I know you're losing that game or whatever, but uh, are almost that close, that close. You came that close, didn't you? You pulled it out. Bad. Ooh, I was bad. I was scary. Me and Alan are sitting there in silence, like trembling inside because of the competition. We just like being swept up into a fight, right? That's why we pull over football teams. Um, that's why you guys play baseball and soccer and you play things full out. That's why one of y'all like fell flat on your face right here, not wanting to lose over finger war stuff. I mean, I watched these two. I don't know who it was over here. It was just a flailing of skinny arms and legs in the corner. I'm like, you're full out, man. You're like, I'm going to do a barrel roll on top of this kid because I'm not going to lose at this game because Britain's going to give me gummy worms. I mean, there's just something inside of us that connects to competition. We hate to lose, but more than losing, we hate to, I, I, I will not forfeit. Like I was talking to, I was talking to uh, Blackston before, before Greenhouse. And I was like, Hey man, there's just going to be this game. I think you're going to be pretty good at it. I didn't tell him, I don't tell him anybody the games before we, before we get going. I just want to kind of get you excited. And he's a kind of a, you know, um, he's a, he's a big man. Uh, so I was like, I think this guy's gonna be good at it. I wanted to kind of get him prepped so he could get his mind in the zone for finger war, you know? And he's like, well, hey, uh, can I have some shoulder stuff? They just cleared me today. You think it's gonna be all right? I'm like, it's worth it, man. Just you rip that thing off. It's worth it. It's finger war. We don't, we will not forfeit. You ever been in a little league game or something and like the other team forfeits? That even makes, I, that made me feel bad. I don't want the other team to forfeit because I want to destroy you, right? I don't want anybody, like, I want you to show up, man. We're going we're gonna to fight well. Ah, oh, don't forfeit. Like, get your mom or something. She'll play. Like, we, we, we enjoy competition, but we hate to lose. But more than that, we hate, we hate to forfeit. Tonight, as we look into this passage and passages about how we are called to say yes to a fight, my fear for a lot of you is that you have no idea that you're in a fight. That you've, you've been duped or tricked into thinking that everything's just fine, that there is no fight that you're engaged in spiritually, and you have been sidelined. You've, you have, you're forfeiting and not even knowing it. Tonight I want you to call, I want to, I want to call you to step up and join 
A lot of us in this fight, the one that we're going to focus on tonight, I want to call you to step up and say yes to a fight. In, uh, in 1 Timothy chapter 6, um, a man named Paul, we wrote most of the New Testament, um, is writing to a younger pastor named Timothy. It's kind of early in Timothy's ministries. He's just kind of come on the job, and, and Paul's kind of giving him some instructions. And this is one of the things he says in, in 1 Timothy chapter 6, verse 11 and 12. It says, But you, man of God, flee from all unrighteousness. That's, there's a whole list before that. Flee from all these things and pursue righteousness, godliness, faith, love, endurance, and gentleness. And it says this, fight the good fight of the faith. Did you hear that? Fight the good fight of the faith. Take hold of the eternal life to which you were called when you made your good confession in the presence of many witnesses. Some of you, man, you're looking at me, you're like, dude, I, I'm in a fight. What fight? Where's the fight? I had some friends in high school, um, like if, uh, if I was dating some girl and there was some other guy, I was like kind of moving in on my zone. There were always a, a couple of guys that I knew that were like, hey, um, there's some, some tension. Like, you want me to fight him? I'll fight him. Who is it? Where? Where? What? What? I, you know? And there's, they're just like bowing up instantly because there's the premise of a fight. Some of you are kind of like that. You're like peeking up because to you, man, your faith has felt a little flat and a little boring and kind of not really purposeful. The idea of a fight, this fight the good fight of the faith, that kind of says something to something inside of you that connects. I think that's what Paul was trying to say to Timothy, man. There's something very, very important, one of those fight things that makes us come alive that you need to attach yourself to and fight well. I think some of us are lulled into thinking that we just need to be sweeties, and that's going to be enough. I think somewhere along the line, some, I don't know if it's like, like, grade school or what, somewhere, somehow this like, idea gets in our heads that Christianity is just supposed to make us be sweet people. Oh, isn't he sweet? Oh, she's just so sweet. Did Jesus die to make me sweet? Like, is that the biggest thing God could dream for us, to be sweeties? Oh, he's such a sweet young man. He's, so, he's always opening doors. Man, I just love, he's just the sweetest thing. I don't think Jesus died to make me sweet. I think he's got something bigger than that for me. I don't think God, I don't, I don't, if that's it, if me behaving correctly for some old ladies to think I'm a sweetheart is, the, is what Jesus died for, then he probably stayed home. I mean, that's just not good enough for me. That doesn't sound like this epic story of, of, of God coming for us from creation and, 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 and arriving and, and having to die to pay the penalty. That doesn't, that doesn't feel like make me sweet. That can't be the right ending of the story. We get lulled into thinking that the biggest thing, the most, the hugest thing that you can achieve as a Christian is being a sweetheart. That is wrong. That has nothing to do with what we're called to do. Yeah, you're supposed to be great people. It's fine if you're sweet. I'm not that sweet, and it's okay. I'm called into a fight. What fight? In Revelation chapter uh, 12, it begins to tell, you don't need to flip there. I'm just going to tell you a story. If you want to, you can flip there if you want to. It's up to you. I don't really care. Revelation is the last book in the Bible, and it's this, it's this revelation that kind of has this, this backwards-looking view and this forward-looking view. It's just a crazy book. Um, and in Revelation chapter 12, it begins to explain where this fight originated. In Revelation chapter 12, verse 7 through 9, it talks about this war. It uses the word war. A war breaking out in heaven between God and his angels and this serpent, this... Um, the devil, Satan himself, and his people. And this war breaks out in heaven, and Satan's ultimately defeated, and he's thrown out. 
He's cast down here, and, and that, that, but it doesn't say the war ended there. Satan wasn't, like, the war just didn't stop. Like there was a skirmish in heaven, and they kicked, they kicked Satan out. It was just over. That's not how it went down. And if you go down to verse 17, it, it explains that when Satan's here, and, and it says that Satan began to wage war against the people of God. Those who, would, those who would claim and call after the name of Jesus, that Satan waged war against us. Satan's waged war against you. And we try to be sweeties. I, that feels like forfeit to me. That feels like disengagement. It doesn't feel like fight. If, if, someone, if, if Satan has waged war against me and the greatest thing that, that I do in that War is be sweet. That doesn't, doesn't feel right. It doesn't feel like an equal response. Revelation 12, 17 tells you that you have a very real enemy, that a war has been waged against you by the devil himself. And not just you, collectively all of us. Not Mount Zion, but the church universal. There's a war waging. You are under attack. We, we act differently when, you act differently when you're in a fight. You focus up. You're not distracted anymore. You're alert. You're watchful. It changes the way you act if you know that you're currently in a struggle. But yeah, we have, there's baseball guys in here, man. When, um, just imagine, if you're, you're up, you're, you're in the lead, and then the other team's at bat, and there's, they're, they're, they've come back on you. And they're down by one run. They're going to be the last at bat, and there's a guy there who can put it over the fence, and you're out, in, you're out in the field. And that guy's, and the pitch is coming, and he's, he's going to swing. Are, are you like watching clouds float by? Are, are you just kind of zoned out and chilling? I, I don't, I mean, no, in that moment, you're the most focused that you can possibly be. Nothing else can distract you. It doesn't matter what kind of cute girl walks by. Like, you're, you're zoned in. When you're in that struggle, in that moment, there's, there's nothing but focus. There's nothing but being alert. Kendall, when you, when you walk out on a national championship stage for cheerleading, you know, you're in Orlando and like, we're going to be national champions again or not. And some other rando school is, are you thinking about anything other than what you've got to do on that stage? Nothing, man. Like nothing else is in your head, but doing exactly what you've been called to do and like nailing your stuff. In the, in the midst of battle, in the midst of a fight, nothing else matters. And some of you wonder, man, I, I just, I really, I, I'm having a really hard time like thinking about God or like my prayer life is really, I don't, I don't really pray very much. And, you know, I hadn't spent time in God's word and like ever. Does that feel like a fight to you? Does that feel like that kind of alertness and watchfulness and that focus that comes from being in a fight? You forfeited. You've been duped into being on the sideline. So we know, that we're, we know that we're in a fight. We know who we're fighting. We have this very real enemy, Satan himself. In 1 Peter 5, 8, it says, Be alert and sober-minded. Your enemy, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. Does that freak you out at all? That Satan himself is that prowling around like a roaring lion looking to eat you. <laughs> Spiritually. Destroy you. You have a very real enemy. It's not fake. It's not a fairy tale. He's there. He's declared war on you. He's prowling around looking for someone to devour. It's either going to be you or it's going to be somebody else. He's, there's, there's an attack. That's real. 
Here's his goals. This is who you're fighting against. This is what his goals are. Either one, to pull you away from Christ completely, just defeats you. That's usually through sin, right? That if, if there's a temptation that can come and you can trip up and you can fall, he's defeated you. He's separated you from Christ and kind of pulled you away. Not permanently, not forever, but for eternity. But for at least a little while, that sin puts a, a barrier between you and God and he's won. He's won that fight. Secondly, he can just make you ineffective. He can just distract you just enough to where you forget that there's a purpose to your life, that there's a reason that you're here, that there's a great commission you've been called to. If he can just distract you just enough, he can sideline you. He doesn't have to defeat you. You don't have to fall to something major. You don't have to just fall away from God and your faith and have this huge downfall. He can just get you nice and content. Man, like, life's good, man. I, I'm just hanging out with my friends. I've got some girls that finally don't, aren't mean to me at school, and we just hang out and, you know, watch TV. I don't know what you people do. You know, you just get nice, and i got a nice little friend group. Everybody's kind of nice together, and everybody's friendly, and I'm doing okay in school, and it's just, everything's just kind of okay. You've been sidelined. You're out. He's, he's made, everything's just, just content, just easy enough for you that you don't, if that you don't actively engage anymore. He's won that battle. If you're not focused, if you're not saying yes to the fight, if you're not engaged, then he's won. If you're not actively fighting in this battle, you're, you're, he's won. Are you engaged or not? Like, like the last month or so, have you, have you been in or have you been sidelined? So we know who we're fighting who are we not fighting? I think this is just as important. Those same guys that were always up for, I was like, you may get him. I'll punch that dude in the face, in the face. Like those same guys, they were also the guys like, you may punch that guy. I'll punch that guy. You, may, you I'll, get, I'll get on you too. Like they're just those random guys that just, it doesn't matter who you are. Like if, if they get pointed in your direction, they're just gonna like wail on you or something. I don't know what those people's deal is. Like their brain shrunk when they were a baby. I don't know what happened, but it's very important to kind of redirect some people away from the wrong targets. You know what I'm saying? So yeah, we're in a fight. We've got a very real enemy, but our enemy is not, is not what some Christians seem to think it is. In, uh, in Ephesians chapter six, it says, for our struggle is not against flesh and blood. Our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, authorities, against the powers of the dark world and the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. It's not against flesh and blood. It's not against people. People aren't your enemy. People aren't your enemy. People that don't have a relationship with Jesus who live very, very contrary to what the Bible would call them to live, they're just lost. They're not the enemy. People whose values and whatever, man, when it doesn't line up with your stuff, that doesn't make them the enemy. That just makes them lost. This means they don't have the hope that you have. That doesn't mean that, this means they don't have the knowledge that you have of God's word. Doesn't, they don't have any reason to live like you because they're lost does not make them your enemy. That atheist kid in your third block is not your enemy. That person who believes some things that are completely opposed to God's word and lives those things, he's not your enemy. That girl that does all the things that you would never ever do, she's not your enemy. The enemy's your enemy. Satan's the, your enemy. That person just isn't, doesn't have the hopes you have in Christ. In fact, I mean, they're, they're the next point. The next thing that you need to know is, is what you're fighting for. Those people are the people you're fighting for. 
They're not your enemy. They're the ones that we are called to go after. In the name of Christ, for the sake of souls, we're called to engage in a fight. To go after people who don't have what we have, who don't have the hope that you have, who don't have the security that you have. Who on their own, apart from the intervention of the Holy Spirit in their life, without, without faith in Jesus Christ, they're going to they're gonna spend eternity separated from God. And the enemy is going to win in their lives. Since you've been called to a fight and you're living like, you're living like nothing's going on, you're living like the best thing you can do is be a sweetie. God has desired something bigger for you than that. You've been swept up in this epic war that's been waged since the beginning of time and you're a part of it. You've been called to a fight. You've got a very real enemy. You've got some people you're not supposed to be fighting against, but instead you're supposed to be fighting for. I hope that that connects to you. I hope that that gives you some kind of focus, some kind of attachment to a purpose in your life rather than just floating around trying to be a good kid. If the best you ever achieve is a good kid and you don't engage in this fight for the, for the name of Christ, the sake of souls, you're gonna miss it. You're gonna miss the very thing that you were created to be a part of. Are you engaged in the fight? If not, and I think for most of us in the room, the answer is absolutely not. I'm totally not. I didn't know there was a fight, but now that I do, I'm going to say yes. I hope that's where you are. In just a minute, you're going to go to your small groups and you're going to have a conversation about, about what it would mean to say yes to a fight. And you're going to work out the outcroppings of that and exactly what that would look like tomorrow. Because I, I know for me, when I was a student, um, this idea was very, very hard for me to put my hands on. I didn't know what I was supposed to do the next day. Great, I've got an enemy. He's trying to attack me. I, okay, and I'm supposed to be fighting for people. I don't know how to do that. So that's what you're going to handle in your small group. So I want to pray for you, and then you guys are going to uh, head to that, and you're on, we'll take care of it there. Father, um, if, we're, if we're being honest, and we're just having a little bit of time of uh, confession here, um, we, we know that, we, we've known that there's a, that there's a purpose in our lives. We've known that there's people that we're supposed to be fighting for. We got somewhere along the line, we, we got distracted and um, we ended up fighting against those people and treating them like enemies, all the while ignoring the, the real enemy. Father, um, I think there's some students in the room who have been taken out. Uh, they've been taken out by sin. They fall into temptation and that's taken them out of the fight. I pray for them, um, the ones that are believers in the room, God, that tonight you would remind them that their sin's been paid for on the cross. And because of that, because of that, that they're clean before you and they can regain the fight, they can jump in and they can continue doing the work you've called them to do. I think there's others, God, that just have gotten so content and so warm and fuzzy in their little bubble that they've forgotten that there's a war raging outside. Do not let us be so complacent that we forsake your calling, that we forsake your commission, that we forsake the lost. Help us to fight well. Help us to say yes. In Jesus' name, amen.